You got that smile in your voice and smile in your heart. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> We're ready to go. <laughs> we are set. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today's episode is inspired by a quote from the wonderful book, Yes, Please, by Amy Poehler. The quote is, good for her, not for me. And this message has really stuck with me since I read the book a few years ago. And it has helped Malia and me be less judgmental of others when their choices are different from ours. Yes, I read that book too, and Jill surfaced that quote, which I just hadn't remembered for some reason, and that has been super helpful just since she mentioned it in the last year or so. And we would also like to celebrate the fact that today's episode is our 40th. Yay! I know, woohoo! So I am proud of us for exploring so many different topics and sharing our experiences with them and being semi-together in our own lives in general. Yes. <laughs> Lots of semi-togetherness. <laughs> yes. It's, it gives us a lot of grace and space and hope it does for you too, listeners. So thank you for being here and for all the lovely comments you have sent our way. We would like to read one of those, a new listener review from Apple Podcasts that absolutely made our day. The title is Thoughtful and Inspiring, and it says, I love how organized the episodes are, and I'm grateful for the actionable takeaways they provide. It is so affirming to hear people talk about things I have struggled with for years. Thank you for putting so much dedication into this podcast. Thank you so much. I that know, is this wonderful. really warmed my heart. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what we're hoping that our listeners will get out of the show. And we really, really appreciate your taking the time to review the show. And if you like the show and haven't reviewed it yet, we would love to hear from you too. Now we will get into today's topic, good for her, not for me. As Jill mentioned, this is a very liberating motto of Amy Poehler's from her wonderful memoir, Yes, Please. And here is the excerpt from the book. I have many friends who have had natural childbirth. I applaud them. I have friends who have used doulas and birthing balls and pushed out babies in tubs and taxi cabs. I have a friend who had two babies at home, in bed. Her name is Maya Rudolph. She is a baby champion, and she pushed her cuties out, little house on the prairie style. Good for her, not for me. That is the motto women should constantly repeat over and over again. Good for her, not for me. I love this so much. Me too. It is so liberating and compassionate and sets really strong boundaries. Yes. It's so simple and yet it's so profound. I know. It's useful in many situations, which we will get into. Yes. And I do think women have a harder time with this, which is boiled down to you do you, right? Right. <laughs> than men do. Because we can often judge other women who make different choices than we do, whether because we think we know best for everyone, and I have been guilty of that, especially as a perfectionist Enneagram of one. <laughs> <laughs> or because we are actually insecure about our own choices and are trying to justify them. Right. And society doesn't really give us a lot of grace with you do you as women you know like mm -hmm. we are expected to meet these absurd and unrealistic standards just being the perfect fill in the blank employee mother partner friend all of these things while looking gorgeous and effortless mm -hmm. in it's high so easy in high heels right <laughs> full makeup <laughs> and so I think that pressure can just feed our judgment of other people especially when we feel like we're falling short of these impossible standards 
100%. So that could explain why it is a lot harder for women. And we can feel like when someone else makes a different choice, it's a reflection on and a condemnation of our own choices. And we can get defensive, whether people are just making the choice that's a good fit for them. Right. And like Amy Poehler says, you know, Maya Rudolph was a champion to have two babies at home, but Amy wouldn't have done it herself. I know I would have been way too freaked out, but that does not mean it's an unsafe choice that no one should make. Right. It was right for her, and that is awesome, but you do you. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and a caveat here, good for her, not for me, applies to opinions and decisions that don't hurt the health, safety, or human rights of others. So it does not apply to choices that are clearly harmful to people in society, like not wearing a mask in public in COVID times, mm-hmm. not believing Black Lives Matter, not supporting equal rights for LGBTQ people, etc. So, yes, these are common sense people. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So Jill and I are going to share our experiences where good for her, not for me has been most helpful. And one more caveat, all about the caveats today. Always, always. <laughs> Got to be fully understood. I have asterisks <laughs> next to everything I say just so no. we can fully explore the depth of that. <laughs> Avoid a future for the record. Right. So it's that we have not been perfect at these things ourselves. I know that I have learned from some very well-intentioned but unhelpful things that I have said to people in the past. And our intention here is not to shame or judge but to take shame and judgment about our choices out of the equation altogether. Yes, we are practicing this and we are doing it imperfectly. So we're right there with you. (laughs) So the first area we wanted to talk about is parenting. And it seems to be what inspired the motto to begin with. And I know that it is the hardest thing that I have ever done. There are a million decisions to make and everyone is figuring them out as they go along because there is no manual for your individual child. Right. <laughs> and what works for one parent will not work for another because Yeah, kids are what different. works for one child that you have may not work for the other child. Often right. that's the case. So, you know, some of the choices are where you choose to have the baby and whether you take pain meds. And then there's whether you stay home with your kids and for how long breastfeeding, sleep training, discipline, screen time, public versus private schools, and the list just goes on from there. So the mommy wars are the judgments that moms make about each other's choices. Uh, Those just need to stop. Yes, full stop. (laughs) Yes, full stop. No mas. It is hard enough to be a parent without unasked for advice and criticism. We are all trying our best and dealing with different challenges and probably questioning our own decisions all the time and worrying about whether our kids are going to be okay. So the good news is that research says that, yes, they almost certainly will be okay. Well, that's a relief. (laughs) Yes, it really is. I know I'd like to explore this topic more myself, but good enough parenting is a field of research. And there has been data that shows that when we are doing our best to meet our children's physical and emotional needs, that truly is enough. Oh, that is wonderful. I'm so glad that they're researching that because there's so much pressure on y'all. It's absurd. (laughs) Well, and letting go of that guilt just helps us be more present for our children and focus on the things that, you know, that really matter to them, like just paying attention and spending time with them. Right, right. Just being there. Yeah, providing a safe home environment and all of that. But often those are things that we just take for granted. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't served them the perfectly balanced nutritional meal and they eat nuggets for the third time this week, then they're like, they'll be delighted. They'll be be fine. Yeah, they're going to be okay. (laughs) Especially in COVID times. Yes. Yes. We will link to some of these articles and some of this research, including one about will my kids be okay in the pandemic? Again, most likely, yes. 
we may also not realize the impact on other people when we judge ourselves and speak those anxieties out loud. Like, I'm such a bad mom. I let my kids watch an hour of PBS Kids while I clean the house because I hear that. And then I think, oh, wow, if you knew how much my own kids watch, you would judge me so hard. <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah, one hour of PBS Kids. Yeah, me too. That's terrible. <laughs> I know. And I know when I've said these things in the past on other topics, it's been like I judge myself so harshly and I wouldn't apply that to other friends or other people. But still, it just can, it comes off that way and then it can cause some people to just to feel bad and judged and more distant from you and all of that. So it's good to be mindful of saying those things. Absolutely. <laughs> and just from a non-parent's perspective, it's so hard. I mean, you know this, but the fact that you're making it work and your kids are happy and healthy, that is definitely enough. And I applaud all of y'all especially in these Thank times. You. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different books and different opinions on child rearing and it's just a lot. So <laughs> we're just doing the best we can. Yes. That's just bottom line. Yes. So when you hear about a different parenting approach, a different childbirthing approach, breastfeeding, for example, people may not be able to breastfeed. I've had several friends that had that situation. You just never know. So good for her, not for me. Yes. So another topic for me that has been a work in progress is religion. And this became a trigger for me when I moved to the South, where Christians tend to be very public about their religion. People often include their church affiliations, for example, in their professional bios and Bible quotes in their email signatures. And coming from the West Coast, this was surprising to me because people tend to keep their religion closer to the vest and more personal and kind of out of everyday life. So it made me uncomfortable to the point where I started bristling when I heard anything along that, those lines. So I've had to check myself and think, is this affecting you at all? You know, sometimes yes. If it's judgy or condemning of people who don't share their faith, even if it is out of really good intentions to save people like me from fire and brimstone. <laughs> just trying to help you. I know, they're just trying to help me out. And I get that. But I didn't ask for that. And often when I see those things like in their email signatures and things, it's, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't actually harm me in any way. And if it gives other people meaning and comfort, then good for her, not for me. Definitely. Yes. I also noticed that difference when I moved to the South from the West Coast, just it's a very different vibe, right? Yeah, it's a good test of boundaries, you know, just having strong boundaries where you're just like, okay, I have my own thing and my own way of being in the world and morals and values and you can have yours and that's fine. Right, (laughs) as long as you're not infringing upon each other's. That's right. Yes. That's right. And a good change of subject is always a good tactic if, (laughs) if needed. Indeed. Another area this applies to is body image and appearance. So I have been teaching my kids that we don't comment on other people's bodies. I love this. I want (laughs) everyone to embrace this. (laughs) Yes, we'll repeat that again. We don't comment on other people's bodies. Yes. Because it is none of our business what they look like. And we can be mindful about how we talk about our own bodies, too, including around our children. Like, I've gained so much weight during quarantine or ugh, I'm getting so many gray hairs and wrinkles. It just reinforces those ideals of young and skinny really is the only ideal of beauty when there are really so many healthy body types. And we all will age, by the way. Yes, if we have the privilege. (laughs) Celebrating aging gracefully. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so it's crazy that just in the last year, I have heard the expression skinny is not a compliment and really got that for the first time. It was uh, one of the contestants on The Bachelor was exclaiming to another woman, oh, you look so skinny. We get a way meant to flatter her. 
And even a well-intentioned, like, you're looking slim and trim, which I have said before to people, you know, that can be triggering because you have no idea if people wanted to lose the weight or if they've done it because of disordered eating (laughs) that you're reinforcing without knowing it. And then also you're just setting up this ideal that skinny is good and fat is bad. Right. Yeah, I've definitely made similar comments about being slim meant as a compliment in the past. And it's so much of our culture I've kind of just absorbed and internalized without realizing it. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend not too long ago share with me that she had lost some weight while she was going through a difficult time and had received unwelcome comments about her weight loss, you know, meant Mm -hmm. as a compliment, like, oh, you look so great. You've lost weight. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going through a really rough time and it's not welcome right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so when it comes to other people's bodies, appearance, eating, aging, I just I love this policy for not commenting. It's none of our business. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Right. We were joking earlier that like, it's very rare that we welcome someone's commentary on our bodies. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) oh, thank you so much. I was really looking for your feedback. Like, if you could fill out this comment card, I will incorporate that feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much. Into my future appearance. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, really anything I'm asked for like that, probably a good idea just to not say it. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Thank you for sharing, but I didn't ask. Right. <laughs> um, well, an appearance includes personal style too, like hair, makeup, and clothing, and so on. So, in quarantine, you know, I've talked about defaulting to minimal makeup, hair in a bun, t shirt and shorts, but it doesn't mean that other people can't dress up. Like, we don't know people's reasons. Maybe it helps them distinguish between work time and home time. And it's not a reflection of I see someone in full makeup, like, oh, she thinks that I need to be doing that too. Right. <laughs> you think you're so beautiful. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> I know. I definitely feel that sometimes, too. Like, I'll see, you know, like, I follow people on Instagram who are lovely and have great style, and I'm like, what are you doing right now wearing all these fancy clothes? Like, we're in a global pandemic, and we're just at home. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, she wants to put on makeup because it makes her feel normal, and, you know, like, normal life hasn't completely gone out the window, so right. good for her, not for me. Or it's her job, you know, as an influencer to yeah, keep her totally. income going. So, yes, if people have different shape or style than you do, including in quarantine. Good for her, not for me. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so what about you, Jill? What are some of the triggers and experiences you've had with this? So one of mine is sort of the traditional measures of success. So mm-hmm. people who have advanced degrees from prestigious schools or impressive job titles or salaries or thriving businesses or big houses, just sort of those markers mm-hmm. that we look to as success. And that can definitely like spark something kind of mean and petty in me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's out of jealousy, you know, like must be nice to have that big fancy house Mm -hmm. or from a sense of the shoulds. So I should have my master's degree too, and I should be a corporate VP or whatever. Mm -hmm. So good for her, not for me is a really good way to catch myself in those moments and ask, you know, where is this coming from? Why am I reacting this way? Is this something I actually want, because that is valuable information, or Mm -hmm. is it a should? Yeah. Yeah, just like identifying it, just because sometimes I'm jealous because I also want that. But if that's the case, you know, what does their success have to do with me? It's not like there's a finite amount of it and I can't have any because she has it, you know? There's enough to go around. 
I relate to this so much on several levels. <laughs> one story that comes to mind is about a former boss of mine. And when one of the people on our team was debating whether to enroll in a master's program or stay at her job, he said, well, she's got to get a master's degree. And I was thinking, um, does she though? Like, <laughs> I don't have a master's degree. So, so yeah. <laughs> like, does that mean I'm worthless? Like, what? I know. <laughs> it was so triggering for me. I just yes. held my tongue. But also, like, no, she doesn't have to get a master's degree. There's so many factors that are involved in your career. You know, you and I are self-employed and we've made it work really well without that and then don't have the debt. But other people in their fields really need that to advance and have the expertise and qualifications to practice, you know. So that's one thing. Another thing that came to mind is with kids, birthday parties and amount of toys kids receive. And sometimes it's very elaborate. And that can be, you know, thinking like, oh, gosh, should we do that for our children? But, you know, you never know what matters to people and what brings them joy. And it doesn't affect you. And if you get to enjoy those elaborate parties, then hey. That's lovely. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean they're looking down upon you if you have more casual experience. It's just really what's a good fit for your kid. Totally. Yeah, it's not about you. It's not a personal attack, even though it can feel like that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Another way this shows up for me is in big life decisions. You know, like in your 20s and 30s, it just feels like there's so much change, right? Where Mm -hmm. people are going through the education process, they're changing careers, they're in relationships, they're, you know, parenting, they're moving. It's like just a lot of different decisions and change. And there are so many different ways to have a happy and fulfilling life. But it can be a lot of opportunities where you can judge others or feel that judgment for not doing it a particular way. Mm-hmm. So it seems like everyone has an opinion on what you do, no matter what you do. So <laughs> there's no use in trying to please everyone because that's impossible. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You hear stories of parents hounding their kids to like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to do this? (laughs) Yes. It's like sometimes maybe never. I don't know. Like, what what do you want? What will life hold? And for me, it especially applies to the decision to have kids or not. Mm -hmm. So over the years, I have received a lot of uninvited questions and judgments and jokes um, Mm. about this very personal, very sensitive topic. And this is from people I I don't know very well and are not like in my trusted circle. (laughs) Mm. You know, like I will definitely share with close friends and family these things, but this is like at a barbecue. Yeah, definitely the most appropriate place to bring it. (laughs) Totally, totally. And most of it is well-meaning or lighthearted. So, you know, so when are you two going to have some kids? Or like, Mm -hmm. but you guys would be great parents. Don't wait too long. You'll regret it. Mm -hmm. Which I don't. Change the subject and walk away. Yes, (laughs) yes. I don't love that. And it's just a quick PSA. Like, let's just stop doing this to people. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't know what people are going through. We both have dear friends who have struggled with infertility and miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And then to also deal with these kinds of questions is just so painful. Mm-hmm. And then others who just don't want children for whatever reason and don't want to have to justify it to every random person. So yep. more compassion, <laughs> more sensitivity <laughs> would be great. So right. anyway. And I think some of us parents sometimes are trying to yeah, justify our own choices because having kids is really hard. And they're just like, don't you want to join us too? Like, not get any sleep for the next like five day years. <laughs> Maybe I'm just speaking for my own children who still are not sleeping well. <laughs> yes. And like, I know that there's so much joy and there are so many wonderful things about being a parent. I genuinely like kids and love mm-hmm. the kids in my life, but that has nothing to do with this decision. So yeah, I am trying to be mindful of this as well. 
when looking at other people's choices because while being a parent isn't what I personally want, it's what a lot of other people want. And you get a lot of joy and love from that, even though there are lows as well. I know it's tough, but (laughs) we're just better off not judging other people's decisions and projecting what we want onto them because we're not them. Right. And like when strangers are like, when are you going to have kids? I'm like, are you going to like raise them? I don't understand the know, question. Right? Do you want in on this? Right. Are you Part volunteering to be a nanny? Because I don't see how you have a stake in this. <sighs> well, all of this can be intensified during times of stress. The pandemic being a perfect ongoing example where we are dealing with a lot of emotions and uncertainty, like the super complicated question of when kids can go back to school in person and good for her, not for me, is a helpful mantra to remember when we're all just trying to do our best. Yes. I mean, right now in particular, more than ever, we are doing our best and people are struggling. So good for her, not for me, is just a compassionate place to start. And again, we are practicing this imperfectly ourselves. Malia and I often joke about how our better selves would react in stressful situations. (laughs) My better self is just really non-judgmental and accepting and supportive and loving of everyone's choices. (laughs) She's very you do you, but my better self is a little scarce these days. So I'm trying to like bring her out of hiding a little more often. Yeah, my best self is very zen and calm, <laughs> the calm at the eye of the storm, and <laughs> just does my own thing, doesn't worry about what other people are doing, does not compare herself to anybody. Right. But yeah, my best self is these days, and really always, my doing my best self, <laughs> just doing my best. <laughs> doing my best, and man. Just doing my best. And I think it's, I think it is healthy to let our petty selves out in a, in a limited way, like, you know, not on social media, not like party gossip. But, you know, in our journals and to our most inner circles, you know, we're only human. Yes. I'm very grateful that I can be a little petty with you over WhatsApp Mm -hmm. or FaceTime when I'm feeling not so much my best self. Exactly. Just be raw and with awareness. Yes. (laughs) Petty with awareness. awareness. I'm being mean and petty. And (laughs) and that's just how it has to be for a couple minutes. Right. Exactly. Just venting. Yes. (laughs) It stays here. Yes. Safe place. (laughs) Well, here are a few tips for saying good for her not for me and meaning it sincerely no (laughs) good for her not for me (laughs) right right tone is important here (laughs) it sure is (laughs) so number one lead with curiosity and compassion so I have these two words engraved on either side of a metal disc that I keep on my key ring just to remind me constantly in any situation you cannot go wrong with leading with curiosity and compassion 100%. That is an awesome thing to have like as a physical item, (laughs) just as a reminder. Yeah, I just like, I wonder why they do it that way or that's interesting, you know, and you can in the conversation, tell me more. Wondering is just so it opens up a lot of possibilities instead of judgments and then compassion, you know, also just allows for all the many different reasons people may be making these choices and we just don't know. I love that. Number two is grow your confidence in your own choices. Be intentional in considering your own decisions and if they're a good fit for you. So when you're confident in your own choices, you don't feel that same need to evaluate and judge other people's decisions. 
the third tip is know and acknowledge your triggers and have a sense of humor about them when possible. Like on Facebook, there was this great satire video going around of a split screen of a mom watching, you know, one of those hands-only videos of a mom making like a bento box lunch for her daughter and cutting up all the vegetables really nice and having little sauces and all this. And this other screen, there was a mom like observing and just trying to grab whatever random items were around (laughs) the house and stuff them into her daughter's lunch bag, like a half open bag of chips and maybe some wine, you know? (laughs) It's so funny. It's It's so relatable. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because these days, my goodness, you know, it's PB and J, nuggets, whatever I can do. And the final tip is ask, does her choice affect me? Hint, when you stop shooting, it opens the space for people to make a range of different choices without there needing to be one right or best one. Well, we hope that we can all adopt Amy Poehler's brilliant and liberating motto, good for her, not for me, and all feel more free to make our own choices without judgment from others. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we share something we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us right now. So Malia, would you like to go first? Yes, I would. So I am going to switch the order because they relate to each other in this case. So (laughs) my got it together is that we finally hung the rest of the art that was sitting in our closet in a box. And now instead of being clutter, it is beautiful and it gives me joy every time I walk through my home. That's so lovely. I saw some of the pictures you posted on Instagram. They're beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, some of our friends are artists. And so we put those up in like the dining room and we put up this big mirror that looks like a sun in our entryway and also the office. We're kind of getting a little more serious about the home office because, it, you know, we're going to be home for a while working at least through the end of the year. So we're trying to get it more comfortable and beautiful. It just takes so many steps. Right. <laughs> and we've talked about this before, but to get all the things in order to hang stuff on the wall. So. Oh, yeah, it's a project. Yes. So we did that for most of the day yesterday. So that was a big win. That was on my list for 2019, the 19 for 2019 goals. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We got like a lot of it done then, but then completed pretty much the rest now. So yay. And my get is together related to that is while this was all happening for most of yesterday, I did not engage with my children as much as I would have wanted to. (laughs) So there was a lot of cartoon watching. They went and played with each other some and then got in fights and you know all that. And we did have some family time at the end of the day, but still I would have liked to spend a little more family time. But I'm thinking, okay, this is in service of having good family time from here on out because we're getting rid of these clutter pockets so the house can be more calm and we don't have to deal with these things each week and going for it it's resolved yeah. <laughs> once and for all oh, that's a huge investment that's wonderful yeah well what about you joe what's your get it together got it together my get it together is just feeling kind of stressed and short-tempered like all of the time <laughs> lately mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't like feeling like this is my current default but you know here we are uh, <laughs> i'm cranky and <laughs> tired and stressed like many people are right now and mm-hmm. It's just, it's tough. And I'm I'm looking for pressure valves. And so that relates to my, my got it together is I have been very good about going for walks. Mm-hmm. That has been my go-to, especially now that the weather has cooled down a little bit. It's still been hot during the day, but it's cooled down in the mornings and evenings. And I especially appreciate this because I know it's been really rough for our friends and family on the West Coast who are mm-hmm. dealing with awful heat and air quality. And so going outside just feels like something I appreciate a lot more right now. Yeah. So I go when I first get up 
for a walk and then Brian and I have been taking evening walks as well pretty often to de-stress after the day Mm. and it just really helps when I'm feeling wound up like the other day I was having a little meltdown about something and feeling really stressed and Brian was like well why don't we why don't we go for a walk and I'm like I don't have time to go for a walk I have all this (laughs) stuff and I was just like spinning out and I was like all right yes let's go for a walk and of course, during that time, I was able to calm down and see things more clearly and figure out what I could do to feel less overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a good thing to kind of just make that non-negotiable, at least one per day. It really helps me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I've been getting up with the kids and then going for a walk dog with the dog. And that's been so lovely just oh, to get outside great. the four walls of my house. And then, yeah, I get the blood flowing, I'm more alert, and just feel like accomplished by 7 a.m., which is like, wow, really nice. Because yeah, <laughs> awesome. in the past, I would just be sleeping, you know, recovering sleep at that time. So, yeah, but that that's really great. And you're totally right about appreciating it even more that we can go out right now because I feel so awful for folks on the West Coast where you just like you're confined in your house and then you want to get out. But then the, the air quality is so bad. I know. On top of everything else, we're we're thinking of y'all like yeah, a lot. Yeah, you love. Yeah. Well, that is all for this episode of Semi Together. How is good for her, not for me, helpful in your own life? Do you have any tips for putting it into practice? Email us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo. If you haven't already, please take a moment to leave us a review or share the podcast with a friend who might find it helpful. Thank you for listening to Semi Together. And take it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. And a caveat here, good for me, not, no, nah, geez. And a caveat. Good for me. And <laughs> good for, for me. me and also for me. <laughs> Everything is for me. Let's and just me, focus. me, me. <laughs> Applause. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mood right now. <laughs> okay, try that again. <laughs>